psychotic geeks obsessed with every little detail. It'll never get on the air. Well, I think it's good for a show to go off the air before it becomes stale and repetitive. I've just been informed that we are going off the air. Off air with Emily and Catherine. Oh my god, I do. Okay. <laughs> Hi. Hey. I'm Emily. I'm Patra. This is Off Air with Emily and Patra. Oh my gosh, it is. <laughs> um. <sighs> hey, since we're speaking of Christmas stuff. <laughs> yeah. Why did Creepy Santa come in yesterday? To pick up his check. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did we pay him? Yeah. So we hired that Santa? Yeah. Huh. He walked in and he's like in his uniform and goes... I'm here to pick up a check. And I was like, a check? And for what? Like, and I was like, and then it cl- I clicked that there was a check sitting <clears> right in front of me. I was like, oh. And, he, and right as it clicked, he's like, I was Santa. And I was like, oh. oh. And I handed it to him. And then he like kind of hovered. And I was like, do you want a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, sure. And then he took his cookies and then left. Okay, good. And I was like, okay, bye. And then I was like. Okay. Yeah. Who are you texting now? I'm oh sorry. my god. I'm trying Do you to want figure, me to leave. No, 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 no. I'll get it figured out. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Are okay. you? Yeah. I'm putting it over here. Bye. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that picture that you sent me? Yeah. I didn't realize that was the Menendez brothers. Yeah. Okay. So and, did but, you get a good look at it? Yeah, but once you sent it, I looked at it again. I was like, oh duh. Yeah. Someone sent it to me last night, one of our patrons, actually. <laughs> so was it Joe? It was Joe. But um, I love it. I love, look at it. The story is that it's bought with like insurance money and it was, you know, courtside seats before they were caught. Caught, yeah. So Patrick sent me this picture last night on Snapchat of, it looks like a athlete card. Like yeah, a, like a like a baseball card, but for a basketball player. Yeah, yeah. and it's of Mark Jackson with the Knicks. And in the background on courtside seats, there's the Menendez brothers sitting there. And it's it's kind of blurry. Yeah, but you can tell. But and so when she sent it to me, it's like circled Eric's face or yeah, Eric's face <laughs> is circled. And I'm like, and I zoom in and I was like, oh, what a face. Cause he's kind of like, he's has making this really a weird stupid face, face yeah. on his stupid look on his face. And then she she goes, it's the Menendez brothers. And I was like, oh shit. You're like, oh damn. <laughs> and then I actually realized that that's exactly what it was. And I was like, oh. Yeah. And that's, that was my immediate thought was those seats, I guarantee they went to that game. Yeah. I wonder. Murder seats. I wonder if we look back and, like, do some research on it, if we can see what, if the Knicks played in that area or something. <gasps> like, Oh, I bet we could figure it out. I'm sure we, we could can. find it out. Yeah, but I did love getting that. So yeah, send that us really cool. all weird, random shit about our stuff send or us, about stuff that we didn't talk about. We want to yeah, know. Send just us talk all to the us. Cool stuff. <laughs> please. Just talk to us, please. Please talk to me. Um, yeah, that'd be really cool. <clears throat> yeah, it would be pretty cool. Why were we in such a good mood last week? Did you listen to last week's episode? Yeah. I loved us. We were like so we were happy. We were so happy. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, what did we do after? That was a week ago today. We went shopping after. And it was payday. And it was payday. <laughs> That's that was why. It. That's that was why. it. Yep. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. Christmas murders or crimes. Yep. So this week we, well, I... Last week, we talked about tying in this week's mm-hmm. murder into something to do with Christmas. Right. So, <clears> since <throat> Christmas is 
13 days away. It is. 13 days away from to, from the day we're recording. Yes. But how many from the day it will air? Monday. Eight. God, you're so—you were just quick with that math. It's just because I it? know Monday and then the Monday after is Christmas Eve. <gasps> so you were like seven plus one, eight. Yes. <laughs> I saw I saw uh, something. I don't know why these stories keep popping up, but it's like a compilation of tweets and stuff. Yeah. Just nonstop on my Facebook, and I've looked oh, at— Oh, because it's the end of the year. Every single one of them. And one of them was— I was making my wife's birthday cake, and we didn't have an eight, so I improvised. And it's a three and then a one and a seven right next to each other. <laughs> so it looks like—no, three and a seven, one. So it looks like she's 371 years old. And there's dinosaurs. He made her a dinosaur cake. There's dinosaurs, like, standing on the back, like, knocking down buildings and stuff. Oh, my Nobody God. Nobody mentions any of that, but it's, it's like, oh, that's funny. That three, is seven, one, <laughs> three, seven, one. Happy 38th birthday. You're 371. I want that. I'll be 38 next year. So okay. let's if do I it. If I remember. Okay, good. And I will be like, what the fuck is this about? I have no <laughs> clue what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Okay. I feel so prepared this time. Ooh. Not really. Okay. But I just, because I printed it out before you came and got me. Oh, yeah. Because it, it was laying on my desk when you said, I'm ready. And I was like, fuck, I'm ready. Yeah, you yeah, were. I was really excited. Okay. All right. Let me, I'm, my leg hurts, like my, my left leg. Still? Remember the one that you popped? That it feels better. That's good. I laid on the floor and Emily popped my leg like it, she was popping my finger, like she was pulling my finger for a toot. In the front lobby. In the front lobby. And I have a dress on, it's but it's fine. Anyway. Um, why does your leg hurt? <clears throat> I don't know. You're just, you're like, eh. Yeah, because I'm old and, like, stuff starts to hurt and it'll hurt for, like, a month. And I'm like, oh, remember that time in my life when my hip broke? Yeah. Yeah, because it's, like, all up. It's, like, hip to knee. Yeah. Dang. I need somebody to rub it. Anyway, not Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, your nails look nice. Thank you. I did them last night. They look really good. Thanks. I realized because I never, I, like, look at them this way, mm-hmm. but I never look at them this way when I do a French manicure, mm-hmm. and I realize this one's kind of lopsided. Hold it up like this for me. So, this way. No, it looks You don't good. really notice, yeah. but then when I hold it this way, my ring finger, this one, oh, you mm. can see it. Yeah, okay. But it's fine. It's the, fine. Honestly, white nail polish never stays on my nails very long. Why is so that? So, give me like, I don't know, 36 hours, and they'll be, I'll, It'll just I'll have something off, different. Right? Yeah. It'll pop right off. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'll have something different in, like, 36 hours because they've peeled off. Mm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, are we ready? Yeah. Okay, okay. I I was going to sit, but I can't. I get all excited. I (laughs) got to crouch. I mean, I'm still sitting, but okay. Oh, that feels pretty good. Stretching the hip out. out. On Christmas Day, what year? 1927. (laughs) No, 1929. 1929. Sorry. That's early. I know. It's a long time ago. On Christmas Day <gasps> in 1929, Charles David Lawson, 43, a North Carolina tobacco farmer, murdered his wife and six of his seven children before taking his own life. Why six out of the seven? <sighs> I'm Are telling you. Are you going to tell me? I'm okay, telling I'm you. Sorry. It's insanity. Anyway, the victims were Fanny, his wife, age 37, Marie, age 17, Carrie, age 12, Maybell, age 7, James, age 4, Raymond, age two, and Mary Lou, Stop. four months. Stop. I'm sorry. I know I bolded four months because I'm just upset about it. That's so sad. Left alive was Arthur, age 16. Anyway, 
<clears throat> Lawson was born in 1986 in the town of dun 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 Lawsonville. You mean 1886? Did I say 19? Yeah. Oh, I would have been it's time traveling, Santa. It's okay. Just kidding. I only, 1886. I only thought of it because when you said that his wife was, what, 37 or something, mm-hmm. that I was like, dude, she was born in the 1800s. That's the only reason that I even caught that. Dude. <laughs> 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 Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm going to quit interrupting. No, I love it. In Lawsonville. I wish I was born in Jonesville because my last name's Jones. <sighs> and there's a Jonesville really close. But that's not my maiden name or anything. Right, but still. There's a Roulette in Texas. That's my maiden name, Roulette. There's uh-huh. a Roulette, Texas. A Roulette, Texas. Yeah. Texas. Yeah. Anyway, as an adult, he started sharecropping. He married Fanny in 1911, and they had eight children. One boy died at the age of six from pneumonia. Mm. Lawson saved enough money to buy land near Germantown, which is where his brothers, like, also, it said they grew up and moved away, you know, mm-hmm. like, that's where they also moved to. Um, <clears throat> the property had a ramshackle 200-year-old farmhouse and barns perfect for storing tobacco. What do you know? Um, some people believe that his troubles could be traced to an accident during the renovations of the farmhouse when Lawson hit himself in the forehead with his axe, like, on accident, obviously. I'm sure he was, like, chopping something and it boom, banged boom. back. Remember when you were popping my leg and I thought for sure I was going to hit my head on the yeah. pole? Yeah, just like that. And then I would have been a murderer. Many people said that Lawson changed after the accident, his usual quick temper flaring more often and with greater intensity. So I have two people close to me in my life that have had uh, traumatic brain injuries. Mm-hmm. It is true that their personalities can change, like, mm-hmm. drastically and that they just don't have, like, a filter to stop themselves from being, like, overly aggressive or overly rude. Wow. You know what I mean? So I totally felt that when yeah. they said that that could be the reason that this happened. But eh, I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> a couple of weeks before Christmas, Lawson took his family, bundled them up, and took them in the truck for a drive to Winston-Salem, about 13 miles away. So in the 20s, that would have been a trek, I guess. There, he bought them fancy new clothes, whatever they wanted, no matter the cost, and he had them sit for a family portrait. It was, he said, part of a Christmas surprise. Um, This would have been super uncommon for a working-class rural family of the time, which led to speculations that Charlie's act, I guess, was premeditated, Mm. because typically people who murder their family or a family member during the holidays are likely to just, like, have repressed anger, um... It says maybe jealous or frustrated with some of the family members or what they represent. And because the holidays are expected to be happy and, you know, family-filled, unhappy family members may experience a psychological break where they can no longer repress their uncomfortable thoughts or feelings of rage. Murders of this type are often reactive and unplanned. So crime of passion, whatever. But Mm -hmm. he bought them all clothes and got them a nice picture. And you can— see the picture online and all that. I guess I should have pulled it up for you for dramatic effect, but I did not. On Christmas morning, around the time Marie, who is the 17-year-old, was preparing the ingredients for her signature Christmas dessert, a cake with raisins, Charles, gross, and his (laughs) eldest son, Arthur, 16, went out hunting. Arthur's the one who did not get murdered. Okay. So he went, Charles, the dad, and the 16-year-old went, okay. They went hunting. Got it. They ran out of ammunition, so Charles sent his son into Germantown, about 15 minutes away, to get more. And Arthur was still in the store when word reached him that something horrible had happened at home. His mother and six brothers and sisters were dead. 
The middle middle girls, Carrie 12 and Maybell 7, had been found in the tobacco barn, shot and bludgeoned. Um, in the house, Fanny, the wife, had been on the porch when a shotgun blast to her chest killed her. Inside, Marie's corpse was sprawled near the fireplace. James 4 and Raymond 2 had been beaten to death. Oh, my God. Even the youngest member of the family, four-month-old Mary Lou, had not been spared. I could not find if she was shot or bludgeoned. I I am thinking if she was shot, they would have said. I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, with the younger ones. It's so, I mean, have you seen a four-year-old? Even ones that are terrible are so cute. Mm -hmm. How could you do it? Mm. I don't. Anyway. Lawson hid behind the barn and ambushed. Uh, the two middle girls walked back to the house, killed his wife on the porch, and then hunted down his oldest daughter and two youngest sons who were then hiding inside. Aww. He went. He then went into the woods. More than four hours passed before he announced his whereabouts with a single gunshot. He had run into the woods down toward a thicket where he walked in a circle around a pine tree so many times, for four hours, I would guess, uh-huh. that he wore a path in the snow and then shot himself. Oh, my Lanta. I know. Uh, first to discover the bodies were Charlie's brother Elijah and his sons. They had stopped by on their way home from a morning hunt. Everybody's hunting. It's Christmas. I got to get some dinner, I guess. Mm-hmm. Planning to wish the family a Merry Christmas. Word of the horror spread quickly, and soon police and neighbors filled the house. Someone got a car and took Arthur back home, um, where the dad was nowhere to be found because he was out in the woods for four hours. The mournful... How okay, I'm sorry. Are you ready for this part? Yeah. The mournful howls of Lawson's two beagles led searchers to his body. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a headline um, published in the New York Times. Crazy farmer kills wife, six children, and the entire family was buried in a single plot. The victims next to their murderer. But that's not the end of the story. Many people kept crawling around the crime scene so that one of Lawson's brothers that lived close decided to charge a 25-cent admission to tour the house. No, stop. Yeah. During the five years the house was open, it drew sightseers by the thousands, including public enemy number one, John Dillinger. Uh, No, stop. Yes. He went and visited. He was like, oh, shit. Uh Look at this. Uh, Um, I have... The chills all over my body right now. I know. ridiculous. I know. Um, booklets, poems, and photographs of the house and the grave raised more money. A bluegrass musician penned a ballad and sold it to Columbia Records, and it became a hit. I guess I need to find out what that song was. Um, there was a song that my aunt used to sing to my daughter, who's now 16, mm-hmm. called Knoxville Girl. And it was definitely about a woman getting murdered. Mm. And she, I, my daughter can sing you every word of that song. And it's so super creepy. Anyway, um, the song became a hit. Mothers in the area would sing it to their children instead of lullabies. That's what's up. Why are people so weird? Anyway. <laughs> Strange stories of premonitions, curses, and ghosts went wild, especially after the family's sole survivor, Arthur, Died in his early 30s in a freak accident. Oh, my goodness. I know. Over time, the house was torn down and, you know, like people got over it and didn't really want to go check it out anymore. Then in the late 1980s, someone who grew up in the area um, decided to find an answer to the long pondered question of why the new theory was that Charlie was trying to cover up a case of incest and that Marie, his 17-year-old, was carrying his child. Um 
A documentary filled in 2006, A Christmas Family Tragedy, suggested it was the devastating end to a long-term history of domestic abuse, but no one can say for sure. As, as for Marie's Christmas cake, it spent years as the star attraction at the murder site and in carnival shows. It had to be protected by a glass cover because people were picking the raisins off as keepsakes. When the tours ended, one of the Lawson's relatives took the cake home and eventually buried it. That's super sad. They buried the cake. So, like, supernatural, Sam and Dean are going to come in and they're going to try and... They'll have to burn that cake. Demonish. I don't know that that's a word. Get rid of these ghosts and then they have to find a cake. Yeah, they'll have to dig up the cake and set it on fire because there will be a little bit of hair or... Skin flake. And then they have to find all of these individual raisins. Oh, my God. That'd be such a good episode. Oh, we should watch the Christmas episode of Supernatural. You know, the really good one. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, together. Okay. Okay. At work. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have listened to, I guess, can I mention another podcast on here? Yeah. True Crime Garage's episode of this one. Yeah. And I... Totally listened to it with my son, Ivan. I think he was like nine when we listened to it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ivan. I love you. But um, it was a few years ago that we listened to it. And it was really good. And they definitely were like, oh, it's because he got the girl pregnant. I don't know. Because of the brain injury. Right. Because, and it's not like I know someone who I think was going to murder me with a brain injury. But I definitely can see how it just... A lot of the time. It messes you up. Yeah. It resets your brain. If you look back in their past, they have had some type of head injury. Right. Not saying that all of them have, or if you have a head injury, that's your ultimate outcome, but. Right. Do you want to see the photo? Yeah, I do. Okay, here it is. I don't know. So this this is the dad. Hold on, I gotta. I'm sorry. This is the dad? Yep. You see Arthur over there? Why is it that they all, like... The 16-year-old kid looks like he's, like, 25. Yep. This is the oldest daughter. I think that's the mom. The oldest daughter's in Oh, this is the oldest daughter. She looks like she's 25. It just looks like... Who is... Oh, my gosh. Emily is so busy. Do you need to get that? No, it was unknown. I don't know. I don't answer those people. Yeah. Um, It just looks like a typical... Like an old-timey photo. 1900 photo, and it's just kind of creepy. They just all creep me out. And he also, like, also the dad looks very yeah creepy. I mean, in those pictures, everybody looks kind of creepy, but he just the has dad has a look like, that's mm-hmm. like, like everybody else is like, we're getting our picture taken. Let's take that stoic 1920s picture. And he kind of looks almost daydreamy. Yeah. Do you get that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To where he's like, yeah, in just like a few days, I'm going to, and the, the daughter next to him, the one that. There's, you know, the incest rumor with. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I don't know about her. She yeah. looks upset. She looks sad. Yeah. Um, she's standing kind of closer to dad than to the brother. I don't know. So that's it. I Merry don't like Christmas. It. <laughs> that's it. Merry Christmas. I mean, imagine being the family friend that you're out hunting. You're like, hey, let's stop by the Lawsons. Tell them Merry Christmas. We got, we caught our, I don't know, what do you shoot and have at Christmas? Turkey. Uh, Can you kill a turkey at Christmas time? What's that other bird called? Chicken. No, not a chicken. (laughs) Uh, Hen. No, no, like. Pigeon. Peacock. (laughs) Peacock. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm naming birds. Cornish game hen. 
Maybe, maybe that's little bitty, little bitty Cornish no. game hens running around the woods. What's it's it's goose. not a it's not a vulture, a goose or a duck, a Christmas goose, a Christmas a Christmas goose. <laughs> no, I don't know what. It's what if called. I say goose one more time? <laughs> what kind of bird do you eat at Christmas? Um, type type type. Okay, literally, why can I? We're think of this? so well prepared. Um. Okay. Well, it asked me. It's telling me about fish. So what herring? Ye- no. Oh, is that a fish too? Yeah, that's a fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, they go Shit. like poaching for chickens. <laughs> Pheasant. Pheasant. <laughs> That's it. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. Oh, it's yeah, like for a catfish. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking of. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But also, we go through the five days of Christmas. We were just discussing all those birds, and we didn't even. We're like doves. No. (laughs) Turtle dove. Turtle dove. Partridge in a pear tree. So the Lawsons. It's sad. Why didn't he kill the one son? I don't know. Because like, like he had. There's no reason. Like, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he just liked him more. Do you know what I mean? Maybe. I mean, or maybe I don't he know. was like gonna go hunting with him and planned on it, but then the son like did something or said something that he was like, "Oh no, I'm not gonna do that." Well, you know what? Maybe um, because that the people showed up. Maybe they interrupted. You know, maybe he was kind of like waiting because obviously it was four hours later and Arthur was still at the shop. And found out he was still in town. It was just 15 minutes away. So maybe those people kind of wrecked his plans and Arthur just maybe kind of got lucky because maybe he was waiting around there for Arthur to get back. He's like, oh, I'll kill all these folks. Because wouldn't you think Arthur would be the toughest one? Yeah. So he's like saving him for last. Get him out of the way while I take care of the fucking babies. I'm sorry. The Ugh. chill, the real little ones. <laughs> yeah. That I kind of was thinking, Yeah. And then the family like that came to visit was like, oh, shit. I don't like and it. And ruined it. Yeah. Don't like it. <clears throat> Me either. John Dillinger checked it out, though. Maybe he stole a raisin. Probably. Probably. That's that's kind of, I think that's like one of the spookiest things of the entire story. Ah, uh, yeah. <sighs> okay. Okay. I'm going to email <clears throat> you this picture. Oh, I was like, why? <laughs> So I could post it. Yeah. I saw it. I don't want to see it again. You're like, please don't. (laughs) Thank you, but no thank you. I'm so confused. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. Well, I'll post that picture over on Instagram, off air with EP, and you can follow us while you're there. Oh, my God. You totally can. (laughs) Patrick was going to do this one. But But I I beat her to it. It's true. I'm so glad I checked. Okay. Stop shaking your head like you're a... Oh. My word. <laughs> you should see Christopher do that. Oh, it's my really, gosh. This is really great. Okay, so I met Emily's Christopher mm-hmm. for the first time, and they are the cutest <laughs> darn things together. Emily with her little dimples, and you can tell he just loves her and her Aww. dimples, and I just want to kind of take their heads and hit them together. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Okay, also— Brandon and Katie and Christopher and I were the last ones to leave okay. on Saturday night. You know me. Yes. We've had this discussion. I don't want to go out anywhere. You're ready to go home. Let alone stay there for a long time. Right. So whose decision was it? Was it yours? I mean, kind of. Look well, at you. Were you standing there when I told Brandon or when I told Christopher, I said, are you ready? And he's like, yeah. 
And then Brandon's like, ready, you're not leaving. Were you still there? I don't, maybe, no, you I don't know. I don't recall. I don't remember. You might have still been there, but you might have been talking to somebody else. I don't really remember. But okay. Brand, we were going to leave because I was get, I was at that point where I was ready. Yeah. And then you're Brandon's like, like no, leaving. I said, I mean, maybe we're not. And then Katie, Katie was really the one. She's like, you're not leaving. She's like, you're oh, not leaving. I and like her too. I know. I really like her. I friend requested her on Facebook in my drunken stupor. Oh, I want to. Okay, okay, I'll do that too. Um, but I'm sober now. <laughs> And I was like, she's like, you're not leaving yet. And I was like, I, I guess we're not. That's fine. <laughs> and then Brandon had mentioned like earlier that last year he and Katie were the last ones to leave. Uh, yeah. And I was like, well, since then, since we stayed, everybody, you know, starts leaving and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And then it was Dylan was there, too. But Dylan left probably a half hour before we did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm not going to leave and let Brandon be the last one here again. Nice. <laughs> like, we'll leave at the what same time. What time did you guys leave? Like 11? 11. Okay. I left about 10. Yeah. Because that's when the invitation said the party was over. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was leaving, our owner's wife was totally like, you know, doing the whole thing where you're like cleaning up and ready. You're like, if the party's over. Making it very clear gone, that she wants everybody to get out. Wiping the clean counter off, you know, like, oh, yes, that's a great story. Yeah. I'm This counter's clean, but I'm continuing to pretend to clean up. And then you guys stayed for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Okay, no. It said 9 o'clock. The party was over at 9? Oh, yeah. frick. And she... <laughs> Whoops. So she ends up, I think after you left, she closes the door to the porch Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you know. I mean, she's right. Just making, no she's more. Very obvious. You cannot sit like, out I'm there. Tired. And so we're standing. We're all standing around the counter talking. Did you just stand around the counter yeah, for an we hour. We literally stood around the counter for an hour talking. Uh. And <laughs> we, Brandon had like three more drinks. I had two or three more. I had to. I spent my last hour sobering up. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, we both had designated drivers. Of so course. Yeah. That was. You guys were all set. Yeah. And. So we're sitting there and she closes the door and Brandon's like, oh, we've been cut off. Proceeds to have those three more drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Because Brandon, at one point, Brandon's like, oh, no, maybe you, he said that when you were there. Said something about not, he was the only one with the drink in his hand. I think you oh, were still yeah, there. Yeah. And um, I think I was like, yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, no. I got to deuce out. Um, But we all sit around for another, for until 11 o'clock. And Brandon said something about. He, she, he said something about Joy changing the time to 9 o'clock so we would all get out of there so he wouldn't be there until midnight. Right. And then I said, next year, it's going to be from 5 to 8 instead of 6 to 9 <laughs> so we can get out even earlier. Oh, my she's goodness. Like, she, of course, the entire time. She's like, no, no, no. She's so like, sweet. I like, mean, no, she's a stop. saint, to be honest. And she's then when the we, nicest. And then we, when we were like, actually leaving, we're like, we're like, all right, Joy, you can go to bed now. And she's like, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, was, man. I never in a million years. If you would have asked me, at six o'clock that night, you've been like, what time are you leaving? I've been like nine, eight thirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we we were one of the last people. To leave. I clearly thought the party was from seven to ten. Yeah. The whole time. I still. Yeah. I still think it's <laughs> like I had just taken my eye make off from that morning Your to eye redo make? it. I make. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I just taken. I'm talking to a microphone. I had just taken my makeup off to like redo it all. Like, and then I got a text like four seconds later that was like, hey, I'm running late. And I was like, cool, dude. How long is it going to take you to get ready? Like, we still have over an hour. No, we had like 18 minutes. And I was like, oh, 
I could have left those wings on. They weren't that bad. <laughs> but I left my eyebrows on, so it was fine. Yeah, they looked yeah. great. Thanks. You looked great. <laughs> you want to hear what Christopher said when he walked in? What? <laughs> he said, she's shorter than I anticipated. <laughs> wow. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. And I was like, I was like, she has a big personality and it's just smashed into a little body. <laughs> she has a big personality. That's code. I was like, for that's that's why she you... gets on everybody's nerves. <laughs> no. I was like, that's why she's that's why you thought she was gonna be taller, is because she's just got she's just I, I do like to say that I present myself as bigger than I really am. Like, oh, she's like a tiny little baby. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> small. Try to fight me. What was that guy's name? Charles Lawson. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Anywho. Anyhow. What is happening? <laughs> yeah, I make it anyhow. I make. Okay. Okay. Let's talk well, about Bruce Jeffrey Pardo. Let's do. Because <laughs> I was getting geared up about it and I was like, wait, this is a really good one. I'm going to see who Emily's got. And I knew it. <sighs> okay. All right. <laughs> it's such a good one. I'm ready. I'm now. excited. I got the giggles now, and I shouldn't because I'm talk getting ready to talk about <laughs> freaking massacre. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Serious face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, right. this is sad, you guys. <laughs> this is so sad. Okay. Bruce Pardo was raised in San Fernando Valley, Los Angeles, and he graduated from John H. Francis Polytechnic High School. And then ended up going to Cal State Northridge to study computer science. So he had, like... He's smart. Yeah. Okay, smart. he's doing stuff. Yeah. He is, um, what am I trying to say? Like, he's motivated. Yeah. Okay. He lands a job as a software engineer at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, um, which I've that's heard I've heard important. that before. And I it's, like, like big. Yeah, that sounds, like, I don't know what important. they do. Or what, where I've heard it or what it is. It's big. But I remember hearing it, and it's, like, a big thing. Anyway, he wasn't a model employee. He hacked employee computer systems to gain access to confidential information like salary figures <sighs> and didn't show up to work very often. <laughs> oh, dang, dude. Okay, Bruce. Um, In 1988, at the age of 24, he was living with his mother and got engaged to a coworker named Delia. On June 17th, 1989, the day they were set to get married, Delia, Bruce's mother, and his brother were left waiting. Okay. He never showed up to his own wedding. So he's the worst. Yeah. Absolutely the worst. Um, so he never shows up to his wedding. Bruce. He withdraws $3,000 from their bank account and spends it on a vacation to Palm Springs. Okay, fuck this guy. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? God. I'm only two paragraphs in. I know. And we haven't even gotten to any murder yet. So fast forward to 2001. Bruce was living in Woodhill Springs with his girlfriend at the time, Elena, mm. and their 13-month-old son, Matthew. Matthew fell backward into a backyard swimming pool on January 6th of 2001 while he was alone with him. Oh, after a week of intense medical intervention, doctors came to the conclusion that Matthew would never fully recover, causing Elena and Bruce to split. So Matthew just has a lot of mental things going on where okay. he just requires full time. So he care. lived, but he's yeah, he okay. lived. He lived, but he's he has some issues that happen with the accident and requires full time care um, like throughout the rest of his life, I guess. Yeah. Um, Bruce's mother still remained in contact with Elena, and then Bruce disappeared, never seeing Matthew again. Oh, my God. This fucking guy. 
I hate him. Yeah. Medical mm. costs for Matthew reached around $340,000. Elena sued Bruce to obtain money from his $100,000 homeowner's insurance policy, and about $36,000 was put into a trust fund for Matthew, who requires constant care. Um, in 2004, Bruce was introduced to 40-year-old mother of three, Sylvia, by his coworker, who was Sylvia's brother-in-law. Mm. On January 29th, 2006, Bruce and Sylvia got married, and Bruce purchased a half-million-dollar home in Montrose, which, like, okay, sign yep. me up for a half-million-dollar home. Yeah. Uh, they regularly attended church, and Bruce regularly volunteered as an usher for the Holy Redeemer Catholic Church, but they began to grow apart because of marital disagreements and financial problems. Probably because he was a dick. Yeah, or because he was just an asshole. Yeah. Uh, he refused to open a joint bank account with Sylvia, and he expected to, and he expected her to take care of her three children with her own finances, <sighs> even though she was only making thirty one thousand dollars a year, <sighs> and he was making in the hundred grands. He's awesome. He was making over six figures. By the way, I looked him up. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I looked at his picture. No thanks. No, mm -mm. he does not have the face to be that sassy. Exactly. Uh, Bruce's mother told Sylvia of his previous life with Elena and his son, Matthew, both of whom Sylvia had no idea about. <sighs> so she gets married to this guy and he has already has like a previous girlfriend and a child. Right. And whatever. And even though Bruce had not seen Matthew for years, he was still claiming him as a dependent for tax purposes. Oh, my God. So like the epitome. I am epitome telling you. Of a, like that's a deadbeat dad right there. Yeah. Yeah. Mortified by the lack of responsibility, Sylvia filed for divorce in April of 2008. So they'd been married just over a year. So she was like, wow, what have I done? Yeah. Back it up. Good in, for you, sis. Yeah. So she files for divorce in April of 2008. And in July, he was fired from his job as an electrical engineer for ITT electronic systems, radar systems for billing false hours. Whew. He begged the court to grant him spousal support until he could find employment. Oh, my God. He complained in a filing that he had monthly expenses of $8,900 and ran a monthly deficit of $2,678. And he also had $31,000 in credit card debt and a $2,700 monthly mortgage payment. Wow. He racked up $31,000 in credit card debt. That's how much I owe my school loans. I mean, that is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Dang. It's a lot of money. Um, in and he wasn't buying nothing for no kids, so. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. That's where you spend it. Instead, the court ordered Pardo to pay his ex-wife uh, $1,785 $1, a month in spousal support. So instead of get Good. him getting it, he has to pay her plus uh, $3,570 for past payments. When the divorce was settled, the court waived those payments and Bruce gets the house, but he also has to pay Sylvia $10,000. She gets to keep the diamond wedding ring and she gets custody of the dog. Okay. In a court declaration, Bruce complained that she was living with her parents, not paying rent, and was spending money on lavish things like a new luxury car. Oh, uh, guess what? That doesn't matter, yeah. Bruce. Trips to Las Oof. Vegas, fine dining, massages, and golf lessons, which, mm. I mean, it's her money. She can do with it what she wants. That's right. It's her life. Get out of her face. On Christmas Eve of 2008, Sylvia's family was hosting a party of around 25 people in their home in Covina, a city in the suburbs of Los Angeles. Around 11.30 p.m., Bruce knocks on the door dressed as Santa Claus, holding a gift wrap package. 
containing a homemade homemade flamethrower in one hand and a semi-automatic gun in the other. He also had three additional semi-automatic handguns with him. So Jesus. The, the door opens. Bruce shoots the handgun at Sylvia's eight-year-old niece <gasps> as she ran to greet him, hitting her in the face. Oh, my. So she she gets, like, she open, they open the door. She sees that Santa's standing there, thinks that Santa's coming. She runs up to him, and he shoots her in the face. Oh, my God. He then fires at the fleeing party goaders. Uh, it's speculated by police that he stood over and executed some of the victims using the other guns. But that's not right. confirmed. After he was done shooting, he unwrapped the flamethrower and sprayed racing fuel, setting the home on fire. One of the survivors called the authorities during the attack after escaping to a neighbor's home, which mm. I listened to the 911 call, and it's Sylvia's sister who escaped. Um, one of her sisters mm-hmm. The flames reached 40 to 50 feet, and it took 80 firefighters an hour and a half to extinguish the flames. Nine people died that night, either by gunfire or flame, and three people were wounded. The eight-year-old girl suffered severe but non-life-threatening injuries, so she survived. Thank goodness. Oh, my gosh. A 16-year-old girl was shot in the back and survived, and a 20-year-old woman broke her ankle escaping out of a second-story window. At least three of the nine victims died by gunshot wounds, two died by the fire alone, and four others died from a combination of both gunshot wounds and the fire. Oh, my which gosh. Which I mean, like, that, to, like, obviously dying by either in that situ- situation is, like, terrible. Mm-hmm. But being shot and, like, maybe you just had a wound that if you got out within the next right. 10 minutes, you would have been okay. But the flames. Like, you're trying to. Yeah. Save your own life, and then you're succumbed by flames. Like, yeah, no, no. Thank you. Um, Ed Winter, Assistant Chief Los Angeles County Coroner, said the bodies recovered were severely burned and charred, and dental, med- dental medical records and x-rays were necessary to establish identities. So the nine victims include Sylvia's brothers, Charles and James Ortega, their wives, Sherry and Teresa, Sylvia's sister, Alicia Ortega Ortiz, and her son, Michael, who is 17, Mm. and her parents, Alice and Joseph Ortega, and Sylvia herself. So this attack took nine victims' lives and also orphaned 13 people. Gosh. After the attack, Bruce put on his normal clothes and drove his Dodge Caliber rental car to his brother's house in Silmar, approximately 30 miles away. His brother wasn't home. Mm -hmm. Um, It was initially believed that Bruce intended to flee to Canada after he had purchased a a ticket for a flight on Air Canada. However, the flight path was from Los Angeles to Moline, Texas, with a layover in Minnesota. Uh, Bruce had also called days before the attack to tell his friend from high school that he was planning a visit who he had visited a couple months before. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Bruce suffered from severe third-degree burns on his arms from the fire and was found dead from a self-inflicted gunshot. Good! Uh, Police found $17,000 in cash wrapped to his legs. His rental car was parked a block block away from his brother's home and was rigged by remnants of the Santa suit that would ignite a flame and detonate the car with 200 rounds of ammunition if removed. Wow. So he, like, set up a tripwire bomb type of situation. Why did he have the money on him? I don't know. It's so weird. A bomb squad fired uh, an incendiary device into the vehicle as it was being treated as a threat, and the car was destroyed and burned. Police also found at the scene four 13-round handguns, each of them empty, and at least 200 rounds of ammo. Inside Bruce's house in Montrose, people had recovered 
Police had recovered five empty boxes for handguns, two shotguns, and a container for high-octane fuel gasoline, which is that race fuel. Mm-hmm. A second car, a second rental car uh, was later found in Glendale. No explosives were found inside the car. However, investigators found a gas can, two computers, and a map of Mexico. So he was planning on a escape. Yeah. It was later theorized that he also intended to murder his mother as well as Sylvia's lawyer in addition to the massacre. Jesus. Uh, Bruce's mother, Nancy Windsor, told the Los Angeles Times that she wanted that money and that doesn't make sense. That she wanted that money and oh, she wanted that money and any money in her son's estate to be placed in the fund for the children of her former daughter-in-law. He sucks. Santa Claus suckage. I mean, even before he even gets to the house to do any yeah, he's damage, just an asshole. From hate the start. that guy. Yeah, Whew, he's got me worked up. Yeah, like if he didn't kill himself, I'd go kill him. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, right? So that is... I feel like he just did it because he's, like, selfish and greedy and a twat. hmm He couldn't get over the fact that his wife didn't want to be married to him because he lied to her. I mean... And was treating her That's like kind shit. of a big lie, too. Yeah. Kind of like a hiding like, your oh, I entire... Have, at that time, Matthew was nine years old. Oh, my God. So, like, hello. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Oh, I spilled coffee on my... Merry Christmas. I spilled coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, y'all. hmm Dying by fire and drowning are, like, my, what I would imagine to be the worst ways to go. Yeah, those are the scary ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's more, it's not that it's, like, all of that stuff is replaceable, Mm -hmm. whatever, but it's just more of, like. You have no control. Yeah, you have, yeah, you have zero, that's probably it, Mm -hmm. is you have zero control over that situation. Yeah. Like, especially if it's, like, an electrical thing. Like, yeah. you could just be Ugh. living your life and... Whoop, Terrifies That me. was a fire starting. Whoop, no, that was me taking a bite of something. I don't know. That one was, but you're... Whoop, there you go. There, that was better. Yeah. That's, like... Ugh, terrifying. Yeah. I don't want to die anyway, but... No, nope, not by that. I want to live. I want to live. I want to live. Okay. For a little while, anyway. A little while longer. So, next week... It's Christmas. It is. According to this episode that's being posted now. <laughs> According to. Next week is Christmas. So we'll have a special Christmas episode for you. We will. Um, and yeah, you can find all of this fun stuff <laughs> off air with EP on the web, the Instagram, mm-hmm. the Facebook, all of it. The interwebs. The interwebs. On Vine. Just kidding. Not starting it. That's why we were so giggly. We're talking about Vine. Oh, yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right, we <clears throat> were, because I was talking about the girl. <laughs> you were. Um. So, yeah, thank you for listening to another episode. Thanks so much. And, like, come and talk to us on on the interwebs, because yeah. we oh, like yeah, it. Oh, yeah, we also have an email address, too. It's we do. Off, guess what? It's off air with EP. Holy But crap. email us, like, what you want to hear if you've mm-hmm. got a story. <gasps> we forgot to call my grandpa. Oh, no! Gosh. Okay, hang on. Oh my gosh. Hold on. He's like sitting there waiting. I know, he's probably like, Oh. Oh, he said, Emily, I'm so sorry I missed your call. I overslept. Give me another chance. I love you. I did. Oh my god. I didn't God. even call you. I forgot. Oh, Papa, it's okay. Do you, you don't call him Papa. You call him Grandpa. Grandpa. Because you're from Michigan. Yeah. And I'm from okay, we're gonna, Southern Indiana. We're going to call him and see if he wants to talk. Okay. If he can. Yeah, he might be busy. Okay, we'll see if he answers. 
Like, I don't know this number. I wouldn't answer it. Hello. Hello, Grandpa. Hey, I didn't know that was you. I know. I, I was just saying, I was like, he's not going to answer this phone call because he doesn't know the number. <laughs> yeah. Can you, can you speak up just a little bit, honey? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Uh, a little bit better. If you can turn up any louder, that hmm. would really help me. Is that better? Yeah. Much. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Grandpa. Much, much. I'm so I'm so sorry I missed your call. I didn't call. It's okay. I forgot until just now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel bad then. Good. I have Patra on the phone with me. Say hi to Patra. Okay. Hi. Once again, yeah. Yeah. Hi. How are you? I'm loud. I don't. You don't have to turn me up at all. I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, besides, besides being uh, in my. Uh, Upper years, I uh, have a heck of a time hearing, so if I have to uh, ask you guys to repeat yourself, Emily will know why. I'm fine with that. Your upper <laughs> years, I like Your that. Upper years. I'm, I'm in my, like, upper, my mid to upper years as well, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, so man. Are we, on, are, we on, are we on the podcast? You are on the podcast. Yeah. I'm recording right now. So I, have, so I have to watch what I say, right? Not really, no. Mm. If that was the case, <laughs> we'd okay. be in trouble. I'll be, I'll be good, Emmy. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, uh, what did do you what have? What are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> do you have any stories or anything? Uh, what kind of stories? I have all kinds of stories. What kind of a story would you like to hear? I know you have all kinds. Of, aren't we related to somebody in the mafia? Uh, I have, I have, or had. He's, he's passed away several years ago. But uh, my Uncle Frank, uh, my stories go back to what my dad told me until I was old enough to know remember Uncle Frank. Mm -hmm. But uh, my dad uh, used to tell me stories that during the Second World War, uh, a lot of the uh, home goods and supplies, such as sugar and automobile tires and everything else, were rationed. And you had to have a ration card to, to get your, your weekly or monthly supply of, like, sugar. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> Uncle Frank used to call my dad over once a week into his warehouse, and his warehouse was full of uh, all of the stuff that he shouldn't have had and uh, would give to my dad. Nice. So, uh, oh. that, that was kind of one of the stories. But Uncle uh, Frank grew up to uh, own uh, uh, a big uh, warehouse and route of, Vending machines, slot, uh, not slot machines, pinball machines, pool table machines. And he was kind of the uh, dawn of southwestern Michigan. Mm, I so, love that. Uh, one, of my, one of my stories that I really remember is a couple of st real quick stories, and then I'm going to tell you a, a completely different story about my brother. Uh, but uh, when I was married to Emily's grandma at the wedding, and that was back in the uh, early 60s. The uh, Uncle Frank uh, was always in attendance, but uh, with the dance of the bride, he uh, stuck a $100 bill down the front of uh, uh, your grandma's uh, dress on the, uh, on the dance floor. I love uh, back that. Then uh, back then, $100 was like $1,000 today. Right. So. I'd take it. And the other story was uh, with all of the cahoots and his uh, kind of underground dealings, uh, I saw Uncle Frank's Cadillac, which he always drove Cadillacs, mm -hmm. uh, up in my other uncle's workshop uh, uh, slash uh, body shop uh, full of bullet holes. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so there's a, a whole lot of em, I, I, Emily has doesn't hasn't even heard a whole lot of these stories. About it. But the second the second uh, kind of uh, uh, funny story uh, related to uh, uh, I guess justice or police and bad guys mm-hmm. is uh, my younger brother is a retired uh, Michigan State policeman and. Uh, he spent probably the first three or four years of his career in uniform, you know, the typical policeman on the road in the police cruiser. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he uh, had the opportunity to go into undercover, which he spent the next 30 years doing. And uh, it's kind of unusual because they normally limit those guys to five years max in oh. that capacity. But one of the funniest stories is my mother used to take the train from Niles up to uh, where Bob lived, and Bob would always pick her up at the train station. Well, you never knew what Bob was going to look like because he'd go from the uh, clean-cut professional policeman to uh, one of the cruddy-looking, long-haired, hippie, creepy, dopey-looking guys. Okay. So Mom is waiting at the train station for Bob to pick her up, and Bob, of course, was there and saw her and, and went in and came in behind her and reached down and grabbed her suitcase. Well, my mother was a pretty good-sized woman <laughs> in her prime, and she turned around and sees this creepy-looking guy stealing her suitcase and promptly knees him, knocks him to the ground, and gets stomp on him. <laughs> and, and he screams from the ground on his back, Mom, it's me. Oh, my <laughs> oh, man. gosh. Oh, I love that. So, so those are my those are my stories for, that that I can tell you, ladies, on your podcast. They're Thank great. You, unless, you have any, unless you have any other uh, questions that I could answer for you, or that you would like to hear uh, my expertise on. Oh, expertise. Well, I did have a question. So, with Uncle Frank, were you like, did you get a kick out of his like shenanigans, or were you like a little bit leery? Were you like, Uncle Frank, we love him, but you got to watch him, or were you like? Oh, that Uncle Frank! Like. No, no, Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank would would do anything in the world to help you out. Right. Or, or Aww, to, I to love that. You, yeah, he he was just a wonderful man. There there was a uh, nightclub, and Emily knows where it's at. It's it's a bowling alley now, but it used to be uh, a nightclub slash bowling alley. And uh, back in uh, my younger days, I used to go down there and meet my brother older brother Ernie after work and we'd have a couple of beers and, and stuff before uh, we went home. He always worked second shift so mm-hmm. he'd get off at midnight. Well that was a regular frequenting place of my uncle Frank Oh, uh, because the guy that owned the place uh, was kind of in the cahoots with uh, some illicit activities back then also. Okay. But we would go in there, and Uncle Frank would see us because he was always in there with some of the most beautiful women that you've ever seen. That was not his wife, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we of course we of course drank for free. <laughs> nice, <laughs> man. Uncle Frank sounds like my type of guy. <laughs> yeah, he was he was one of my favorite uncles. Aww. I. Uh, I bartended for his youngest son's graduation party. You and bartended, this is okay. Another, another kind of a scary story. 
but I, behind the bar, uh, there was a box, and Uncle Frank told me, he said, do you keep that box? Well, he said, if I tell you I need something, he said, you open that box up and hand me whatever's in there. Ooh. And uh, I don't know if he was checking me, because a couple of guys came to the party that I didn't know, mm-hmm. and Uncle Frank had some guys that did nothing but stand around and keep their eye on him whenever he was out in public, which I'm sure they worked for him. Right. And one of the guys come over and he said, I need you to open that box. And I looked over at Uncle Frank and he nodded yes and opened that box and there were like three uh uh, handguns in there. <gasps> oh my goodness! The guys, the, the guys that there were kind of shady that came to the meeting. Evidently, were guys that uh, he didn't want there. So, I mean, I definitely want to be on Uncle Frank's team. Dang! <laughs> <laughs> wow, I like these stories. You're teaching me all sorts of new things I didn't know, Grandpa. <laughs> 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 so that's so, so that's uh, kind of some of the. Uh, background uh, relatives that Emily has that she doesn't know a whole lot about. I mean, I love that, and I can totally see it in Emily. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Oh, boy. Do you have any other questions for Grandpa? I don't know. I think that's it. I feel like I... We need to go to the bowling alley and have a beer and just let him talk. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you come up this way, we'll go to that uh, same bowling alley that's still in operation. They just don't have the nightclub portion anymore. It uh, burned down mysteriously. It burned down mysteriously. Oh, my word. (laughs) (laughs) Many many years ago. Wow. Mm. I'm taking you up on that next time I'm up there. We're going to go have a beer and we're going to sit and talk. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Then I can... Then I can tell you some of the real good stories. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Grandpa. Thanks for calling. Oh, honey, you're so welcome. I love you. Happy holidays to you, ladies. Oh, love you. Happy holidays. I'll... I love you, too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll, give you. You, I'll give you a ring tonight, okay? Okay, honey. Bye-bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, Grandpa. I love him. Isn't he great? Oh, man. Freaking grandpa. That was pretty great. I literally had no, I didn't know most of those stories. You didn't? Really. I loved it. I like that he started like getting going. Also, I didn't realize that he hung out at nightclubs. Mm. I did like your, the lost, look on your face when, when he like, said that. Oh you were like, gosh. pardon? I was like, wait, what? I love that Uncle oh. Frank tucked $100 bills into the no, front of her I'm gonna, dress. I'm going to talk to I see my grandma this weekend. I'm going to ask her about it and be like, so yeah. what's this I hear Uncle Frank's trying to Tuck $100 bills in your boobies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. That was the best. So that was my grandpa. Thanks, grandpa, for being on. Thank you so love much. You. It was awesome. I love him so much. Okay, that was the best thing that's happened. I, like, that's the highlight of my week, for sure. <laughs> I Man. feel like we just need, like, maybe a weekly therapy session with grandpa. We do. <laughs> oh, my word. Cool. All right. Well, we'll see you next week for Christmas. Yeah. It'll be so festive. (laughs) And I'll tell you all about my cookie making and grandma's $100 bill boobs. Please.